Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. So earlier this week, we discovered and the latest uh, waiver denied James Madison, Jacksonville State, Tarleton State made me wonder, okay, I know what James Madison and also Jacksonville State are doing, but how did this affect Tarleton State? Well, they're pretty good. Todd Witten is their head coach and has been. We've had him on this show, but uh, they were wanting to be a part of the postseason this year, uh, and they've been a part of that transition period. Dr. James Hurley, president of Tarleton State University, joins us, 365 Sports with Paul Craig, and I'm David Smoke. Dr. Uh, uh, Hurley, thanks for your time. So, this was you saying you've done everything, crossed all of the boxes or checked all the boxes and should be allowed to play now. Is that kind of the basis of your, I guess, what you wanted? Yeah. Well, first, Smokey, thank you so much for allowing me to share kind of why and, and our reasoning behind the waiver request. And in fact, this is our second waiver request. We asked something similar um, last year. And, and asking for permission to allow all of our teams to play. Part of that is you're, you alluded to, we think we're very good in, in, in all aspects, not just football, but across the board. We've had the highest APR, which is the annual, uh, I'm sorry, the academic progress rate for back to back years. We've had the highest APR in the history of reclassifi- reclassifying institutions in, in the country. And so not only are our student athletes performing on the field, and in the courts, they're also performing in the classroom. And so collectively, we felt like that we have checked every box to your point. And in fact, just less than a month ago, the NCAA had their site visit on campus, in which um, that's led by external um, administrators from across the country, along with guided by NCAA vice presidents and reps, et cetera. This is the last phase as you exit um the reclassification process and kind of enter into this full reclassified division one status. They were here last month, had zero findings as in none and had some really incredible remarks. And and the chair of the committee said of all the years that he's chaired or served on a committee. And that's been many, this has been the most prepared institution to transition, not only from division two to FCS, but we are FBS ready. So, I mean, this is just for me, the outside looking in, Dr. Hurley, in that it seems to be that the reason that they've denied all of your waivers is, but that's the rule. And they're not allowing for all the things that you said, and the rule seems to be in place to protect the people who would be on the bottom end of those those test scores, so to speak, that you guys have passed with flying colors, and they're allowing for any nuance or bending to, if you guys are going to do it in six months anyway, and you're ready, what's the difference now? 
Yeah, that's a great point, Paul. One of the things I want to be very clear and transparent, and I have been from day one, I do believe in a process. I do believe that a transition period needs to be in place for any institution that's trans that's making the transition from Division Two to FCS, and certainly from FCS to FBS. Now, that transition being four years, and let's think about this, that means an entire cohort of student-athletes would willingly, I understand this, willingly come to an institution and participate. And we hear all the, the mantras of athletics, blood, sweat, and tears, et cetera. And that's true. But the, the enormous amount of time and dedication to promoting your university and our university, in this case, Tarleton State University, but yet they will never have an opportunity. An entire cohort of kids will never have an opportunity to play for a championship. When we know, in fact, two years ago, we were more than prepared. We met the academic standards. We met, we met the budget standard. We exceeded those. We exceeded the academic standards. Paul, we have one of the top three largest FCS budgets in the country. We've invested millions, we're, <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars into athletics facilities over the last four years. So we feel like that we have done everything and beyond what they ask I understand there are uh, checks and balances in place to ensure that teams are prepared. But for those, what we were asking for was just to allow our student athletes to compete for championships. And even asking for the four-year waiver, we were just asking for the NCAA to allow our student athletes to play for a championship. We were not asking for the compensation. We did not want a single penny from the NCAA distribution. We simply wanted our student athletes and our coaches to be allowed to play for the championship. That's it. That's all we asked for. And so, Dr. Hurley, um, what is that response typically like? I mean, we see the headline eventually when the news starts to spread of, hey, the NCAA has denied Tarleton State or denied uh, James Madison. But what's that conversation like behind the scenes, and, and how does that go down? Well, obviously very cordial. We've been in lockstep with the NCAA and Troy Arthur, with uh, our vice president liaison, a wonderful gentleman, gentleman's gentleman. And they, we've been, we, I want to be also very clear, we are not threatening to sue the NCAA. We, I know there's some rumors that James Madison may, may consider that option. And, and they, if that's what they feel like they should do, they should do that. We are not. We're, we're simply going to take the high road. We were told no, and we're going to continue to ask, and we're going to continue to, to, uh, to put forth our best argument and, and simply stating the facts, all the things that I laid out before you. It, we've had an incredible amount of national support. As you can imagine, a lot of casual fans across the country that didn't know so much about Tarleton State, well, they know Tarleton State now, <laughs> And they are rallying around us because they too see that this is this is somewhat an archaic rule. In fact, it's not always been four years. It's only been the last twelve-ish years. I, I don't hold me to that number, but ten to fifteen years where it was moved from a one-year to a two-year to a four-year. And no one can give us a reason why this arbitrary four-year number. So we've had tremendous support across the country. A lot of, of love mail from casual fans that just love railing against the NCAA. Did anyone at all during the process, after you began the four-year transition period, ever give you the inclination you could get it waived earlier than the four years? 
Yeah, we felt very confident that when we started this process, and let's not forget, I don't think any of you, um, and I'm a big fan of, of what you all do, and I want to say thank you for promoting universities, intercollegiate athletics. You, you promote student athletes. You promote the coaches. You understand how much time and dedication goes behind that. Now, I just want to say, as, as a university president, we appreciate what you do for young people and, and our coaches. So with that being said, thank you. we, we were – um, not necessarily directly by the NCAA, but we were led to believe that that they were reevaluating the process from Division II to FCS and also the, the transition from FCS to FBS, which would have been maybe reduced from two years to one year, four years to two years. During that process, we had a change in leadership at the NCAA. Uh, President Emmert um, retired. We've had President Baker in. I want to be clear, there have been no promises but lots of discussion around, yes, if we put forth the right information, there's a chance that the NCAA Division One Council and other, other committees would look at this very favorably. And then the Constitution uh, amendment occurred, and then the Transformation Committee, and, and all those types of things happened. I don't think any of us would argue that intercollegiate athletics today is vastly different than when we started this process in October of 2019. Things have changed. Some would say for the better, some would say for the worse, but they have indeed changed. And we feel like that the rules should should also reflect the the the, um, the changes that have occurred across intercollegiate athletics. And again, I want to be clear: all we asked for was access for our student athletes to championships. We didn't want a cut of the money. We didn't even want the process to amend, so to speak. We just simply wanted our student-athletes to be able to compete for championships. Dr. James Hurley, president, Tarleton State University, with us on 365 Sports. So do you guys feel that, in, in the long, like, even though the ruling's been made, like in the long run, that maybe you have made hopefully positively enough strides to where schools going through this may, they might change the rules and amend them to, to make up for, again, like you said, the modern times, of the NCAA and not the how they used to be times. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to, I will always uh, beat that drum for, for schools to come after us. I'm not a, a leader that believes that just because we had to do something a certain way that everyone else has to do it the same way, right, wrong, or indifferent. And when you look at, let's take our football program, because that's primarily based upon this waiver and this conversation. Our football team, if you look at three polls, the CFP poll, we're ranked 16th in the country. We're 22nd in the Sports Illustrated, and we're 23rd in FCS Nation. So they take the top 24 teams. How can you tell a group of student athletes that's earned one of those top 24 slots, eight and three, one of our losses was to FBS uh, Texas Tech. We're top 15 in the country in offense and 19th in the country in defense. We've done everything that they've asked us to do on and off the field and fourth in the nation in, in fan support. We average around 20,000 fans per game. All those stakeholders that believe, and our students that support this program, for the NCAA to, to continue not to allow these student athletes and, and fans and others to, to be rewarded for investment and doing things the right way, it's pretty disheartening. But I'm going to continue to, again, beat that drum for those that follow us because I think this is – it's just an atrocious uh, rule, and I understand rules are in place, but every single day 
we amend rules. We amend rules in Austin and we amend rules in, in Washington, D.C. And I think that's part of the evolution of being part of the greatest country in the world. That's what democracy is about. In the last five years, Todd Witten, the football program, has won more games combined among anybody, Division One and Division Two, whatever levels in the state of Texas. They have been very successful. I mentioned we've had Todd on this show. Uh, let me ask you this. Is there any concern at all of you speaking out against the NCAA that that could come back to hurt you? And my other question, when did this transition rule actually ever begin? Well, and that, that that's a good question. I've not the transition has been in place for 25 plus years, yeah, almost 30 years. Yeah. But, but the years have varied. It's not always been four years, right? It, it used to be one year. It used to be two years. We've had institutions like uh, the old David Limpscomb and Belmont university that went straight from NAI to division one. We've also, we also have presidents where Liberty made the transition from, from FCS to FBS without conference affiliation. So they, they've somewhat picked and choose along the way what, you know, what rules would apply to, to, you know, to a certain group of individuals. In terms of speaking out against the NCAA um, and, and what ramifications would, would occur, I'm not really – I'm not railing against the NCAA. I'm railing against a rule right. that's been in place, and I'm railing against a group of individuals that would not consider – allowing an institution that has checked all their boxes. We didn't ask them to amend a single box. So all the parameters that they've set forth in which we had to meet, the metrics, if you will, we've accomplished those metrics. The outcome was the distribution. The outcome was Division One status. The outcome was the ability to play for championships. We asked them to reconsider the outcomes. But in terms of the standards in which we were measured, Smokey, we've never asked them to amend those standards. We, we've lived up to those standards. By the way, everybody know uh, who they play to open up next year? <laughs> Baylor. Tarleton State we opens up at McLean Stadium against Baylor. And I want to say something about, about – you made a comment about Todd Witten. For those that don't know Todd Witten, he is an exceptional football coach, one of the best in the country, and he's a better person. He makes sure that these young men – walk across that stage, they graduate, and they become better men that go out to society and make a positive impact on this world. That's the type of program we're leading. That's why I believe as president I have to stand up for Coach Witten and his program and do as much as I can to give them an opportunity to to play at the highest level because they've earned that right, Smokey. Yeah, he graduated from a pretty good place, too, at Stephen F. Austin. Uh, you know, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Hurley, I know that, like, schools are famous for certain things, you know, and, and you guys have, in, in any educational discipline that you specialize in, you've got a lot of professionals, but if somebody asked me on the surface what you guys specialize in, for in our profession, I've met more football and basketball coaches. Yep. You guys grow coaches there. Um, I mean, there's as much coaches coming out of Stephenville as there are cattle. It's ridiculous how many coaches that you guys grow and do a great job of doing that. Well, I say this is this is a great place because we were founded in 1899 by John Tarleton as an agricultural then school, right? And mm -hmm. we weren't even a college. 
to provide opportunity for the youth, his words then, of course, we've evolved to almost 18,000 students and very different today. But we have students that are 16 all the way into their 80s, but, but then youth of North Central Texas. And I would agree with you. One of the things that drew me here five years ago, my wife, to move our family here, it was that that, that sense of people and place. We, we're known as an agricultural college, no doubt. We're, we're the largest non-land grant college of ag in the country. We're one in one ranking and two in another, but um, somewhere along the line, we're one and a half, right? <laughs> uh, and, and you're right. We produce tremendous. We have one of the largest kinesi programs, kinesiology and exercise science in, in, in the state. We do a great job of preparing young people for careers that uh, meet marketplace demands. And when you have an athletic director who's retiring this year, Lon Reisman, who's been absolutely incredible for us during this transition, he's been here for 30 plus years. He ensured that we always, uh, you know, we are, we're always going to do things the right way when it comes to preparing student athletes. Had a few people in the chat room that we have that said they did not know as much about you as they now do. And they, uh, a lot to say that you should be given the chance. Uh, and uh, does Tarleton just want to go to a bowl game or be a part of the twelve-team playoffs? Well, so in so in our so at at the FCS level, it's a twenty-four-team mm-hmm. playoff. We just want access to be able to play for that twenty-four-team championship, and it's very much smoky like the FBS is getting ready to transition to a very similar format, a twelve-team. Yep, just double that number. It's more regionalized at the FCS level, and the culmination that championship game is right here in Frisco, Texas. Yep. We have won, I think, the last four games of the season. I can't remember, but we're, just, we're we're we do not have a senior starter on offense. We only have, I think, four starters on defense that are seniors. So we have a very young sophomore and junior laden team, and I believe we would really uh, make a deep run in this championship. Just watching this team this year and watching how they've grown. And under Coach Witten's leadership, Coach Witten is a winner, and he's always going to figure out how to win. But back to your point, not only do we produce excellent athletes, we produce great rodeo stars down here. We're the capital. Absolutely. That's right. We're the the rodeo capital and the cowboy capital of the world for a reason. I told you. I'm sorry. Here at the university, we've won 38 national rodeo collegiate championships, more than any other university. I mentioned this to you earlier, and we appreciate your time because I know you got to get on the road to go to a game, but – I asked this when we were talking about James Madison, Jacksonville State, Tarleton State, other, Kennesaw State's another one. But here's what I said. You knew the rules when you went into it, right? You knew what the rules were. That doesn't mean, as you said, that they're not antiquated or they can't be changed. Or, but I, And I mentioned that yesterday, and somebody else in the chat room said, you knew the rules. So how do you answer that question? Well, and that's, that's true. That's a very valid point. That's why – we are not going to choose, you know, a lawsuit or the legal route. We've, again, we're not asking to amend the standards within the rules, so to speak. It's, it's really not a rule. It's just the metrics in which if you accomplish this, then the outcome right. is this, right? All we're asking is that, that one, one of the desired outcomes would be, or rewards, I should say, would be postseason play for all of our student-athletes we would argue the fact that we have completed the process. The NCAA site visit has occurred. The books are closed, so to speak. Their report is final. It is submitted to the NCAA. I've signed off on it. There were no amendments, no findings, a raving report. 
there's nothing else now we can do, Smokey, except wait and watch a calendar turn every month until June 1. And I, my question is, how fair is that to an institution? If they've, if they've been provided the test and they've, they've passed the test as an academic, I'll use that example, and we've passed the test, then why should we wait for the results when we know we've, we've met all the standards? Um, so, so that's your argument. And then the second argument is, back to my point, since 2019, I think that the intercollegiate athletic landscape has changed so drastically and COVID had a big, big part of that, clearly, that I just think that things have changed. And I think that we should consider amending the outcomes, not amending the standards, but amending the outcomes. By the way, uh, one of the fastest growing comprehensive public universities, Dr. Hurley didn't share this with me. I, I had this 17,000 plus athletic budget of 25 million one of the tops in the FCS construction on that new basketball arena for 120 million. I mentioned the wins and the losses. Backed by is it which of the systems, the state system, the Puff system, uh, schools are you a part of? Is it UT, A and M? Which one is that? Yeah, so we're we're the second largest university in the Texas A and M system, okay. and we have tremendous support from our Chancellor John Sharp and the Texas A&M Board of Regents, they have really been a catalyst to fueling our growth. We have a desire to become the, the, the state's next R1 FBS playing institution. I think we're well on our way, but tremendous. And we are, to your excellent point, we are part of the Permanent University Fund. So that's that uh, oil fund, if you will, some people call it, that, that gives us uh, additional resources for in, academic infrastructure that's real it's a real game changer for our university. It's a pleasure to get to know you and, and I get to know you on the show. Uh, also, thank you very much for when you have dropped in on us with what we try to do, covering it the right way, college football and the landscape. Dr. Hurley, thank you very much for your time with us and, and good luck and, and stay in touch. And maybe the next time we have you on, it's because even better news is coming your way. Well, thank you, and thanks for all you do, and we look forward to seeing you all at uh, at Baylor next year. Yes, sir. We will. We will see you there. Dr. James Hurley, Tarleton State University president.